With that, if you have a Bible, you can turn to Psalm 145. And see, I don't know if this is the last one, but this is one of those things where as we get to Psalm 145, we find yet another acrostic in A, B, C, D, going through the list, spelling out what this prayer is praying. And in the Psalms, over and over, they've taught us, and uh, as they're teaching us to pray, and I believe that they're doing this, um, there's spontaneous prayers where we just erupt in praise, but there's also a time and a place for organized prayers. Prayers to actually where you're compiling your thoughts, you're getting your notes, you get down, you sit down, and you actually like write them out. And prayer can be many things. I'm not saying this is the only way to pray. As we've seen in the Psalms, there's a plethora of ways to pray. But Psalm, uh, prayer can be spontaneous, but it can also be planned. I've, uh, there, I've been in traditions where everything is uh, planned, and I've been in traditions where everything is spontaneous, and yet it can, it can be a little bit of both. We can organize our thoughts to God. We can put them in such a way that just helps us understand, and, and, and then not only that, like get used to sharing what that plan is. And I think that um, one thing that planned and unplanned uh, prayers can have in common is that they can be intentional. So even in unplanned prayers where they're just spontaneous, we can have a good praise ready, even if that praise is just like a, a wow or that's amazing or even just like a, a one, two, three, praise God. In these things, they can be utterances of worship to God. There have been times when I've been so blessed by God that all I can do is just go, wow, or God, you are so good. Or, or it's been a wonderful thing, and, and yet there's intentionality to have that utterance in place. Like intentionality in thought and intentionality in behavior, putting myself in a position so my soul can cry out, God, you are so good. And then that's the only prayer. And I think that one of the reasons why we've been in Psalms for four plus years is because prayer is difficult. It's not difficult all the times, but it is difficult at times. And however, if we're intentional in prayer, intentionally going to God in prayer, and, and, um, and, and not in like a religious way where it's something that we have to do, but it's something that uh, we're not doing to gain God's favor, but we're just going to God because we love Him, we want Him to speak into our lives, we want His blessings in our lives, and um, we get to be intentional in this. We get to plan to worship Jesus for His creation, for His works, and for His character in and throughout our lives. And this is a good thing that we get to plan this. It's a good thing to work this out. Getting ready to pray or getting ready to praise or even getting ready to lament and know where you're going to direct these prayers is like having a firm foundation in your life. You just know where it's going to go. You know that the house that you're like your 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 house is built on something solid when you intentionally and purposely go to God in prayer. And so with intentionality, right, it takes practice. Like I don't think that this Psalm 145 was written quick quickly, right? As they go down, it takes practice. It takes some uh, some getting used to, taking it's uh, like some good exercise. And that is in part is we get to set aside time for prayer. 
And that could be church. That's, this is certainly one of those times that we set aside for prayer where we're gathered together to intentionally worship Jesus. But we get to do this in and throughout our lives other than church as well. And, and there's um, a time when we do this intentionally where it's organized and a time when it's simply um, uh, sporadic. But as many prayers have already prayed this way, this prayer is in acrostic form. And I think that like this is one of those things where if you've never written out an acrostic prayer, I would encourage you take a topic and go through it and see how God would speak into your life. And I know that this prayer and the acrostics get lost in translation to English, but the thoughtfulness and intentionality doesn't. We can do this. And so... Um, if you guys, you guys don't have to stand, but let us pray Psalm 145 together. Psalm 145, the song of praise of David. I will extol you, my God and my King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend another uh, commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. And they shall speak of might, of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power, to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in his works and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are failing and rises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open their hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him. He fulfills the desires of those who fear Him. He also hears their cries and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love Him, but the wicked will be destroyed. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless His holy name forever and ever. In Jesus' name, Amen. Walter Bergman, one of my favorite commentators throughout the entirety of the Psalms, he, wrote, he summed up Psalm 145 like this. Psalm 145 celebrates the order of God's creation, which not only governs, but surprises and inverts and gives unwarranted gifts to many unlikely creatures. God's regal power is mobilized to care for the otherwise uncared for. And for that, we praise God. We will extol and bless His name for these good blessings that He gives to those who are otherwise cared for, for His good gifts. Uh, we care about God because He cares about us. We are blessed because God blesses us. 
God overwhelms us with His goodness and with His abundance. And God shows us that the world is uh, the world and the way that it works is God's way of bestowing blessing on us. In this, in this psalm, we get a mini picture of God's kingdom to come. As we pray the Lord's Prayer, Your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven, we get a mini picture of what this will look like. That one day it will come, and when it comes, we will erupt in worship. We will sing praise. We will shout it from the hills. Together, together we will do this. It won't just be one voice. It will be a myriad of voices. We'll sing out with the angels, and we'll sing out praise to our God. And we, as we learn to do this, and as we learn to sing out this praise, we are also living it out and sharing it with our children. We are showing them, telling them the reason why we praise so that one day they might praise as well. All the goodness that is shown, it shows um, are the unshared acts of God. Acts that only God can do. And when we talk about these unshared acts, the acts that God won't share, we are thinking of things that we can only uh, begin to see and begin to imagine. We can't see all that He's doing in and throughout this day. I'm talking about normal things here. Things like sunsets, sunrises. This is the act of God. The stars in the skies, the moon, the sun, the mountains, the breath that we have in our lungs, or maybe for those who are here, with their masks on, maybe a little bit less, but it's still there. All the, the miracle of birth. We were just around uh, someone who was pregnant yesterday, and it was beautiful to see that just knowing that God did that and is doing that in her womb. But even the, the provision of food, all the graces that we might not even recognize in their abundance, because the, this is the abundant nature of God. God gives these things, these sunsets, sunrises, breaths in our lungs, beats of our heart. He gives them in abundance. And if for nothing else, we can give God praise for this. We can sing His goodness for these unshared acts. Only God can do these things. And when we look at the acts of God, most of the time, if we are looking, we can see that they, these acts, that, especially that I mentioned, they're normal and they have repetition in their work. And we can see this in these things that the gifts of God to us are many. That there, there's just a, a, an abundance of gifts that He gives us day in and day out. They might not look what, like what we expect. They might not be a direct answer to every single one of our prayers. And yet we can see that we might not take these normal things uh, these life-giving normal things for granted. That they may come and we might praise God for them. We might come, um, uh, they might come in bulk and so we just assume that they're just a part of the natural working order. And yet, if we pay attention, we can see that God is the one who gives this praise. He is the one who is doing the work and we get to praise Him for these works. We happen to live in a world of greed. We happen to live in a world, uh, we can see it, um, remember the beginning of COVID, everybody in their toilet paper hoarding habits. Like we can just see, it's a good picture for, for this world that greeds, that it hoards, it worries about ourselves and where our next is coming from. Our next, whatever it may be, our next paycheck, our next meal, our next, I guess, toilet paper, or anything like that. We fall into this trap from time to time, don't we? 
But God is inviting us to live in a world full of His abundance. And in His abundance, this defeats the temptation towards greed. God in His abundance, He gives and He gives and He gives and He gives and He gives without tiring of giving. And His gifts and His grace are new every morning and they're new in every moment of every day. And Jesus asks us to be like Him. That He means that we might get to live this well way as well. That we get to live a life that gives and gives and gives. We get to give away our gifts, our lives, rather than hold them and fear that they might not come in abundance to us. We can't outgive God. He gives us far more than we can see or know. And giving is a part of this abundance that God is, and that defeats this world of greed that we live in. Our thanks to God, when we thank God, we are showing our gratitude, but not only that, we're showing our dependence on Christ for all things. If we freely give and we give and we give, we are showing ourselves and others that God will provide. That we're not going to run out because we just believe that God will provide. And that is, that is, in fact, God, He is the one who provides all the good gifts that we have. So we give. We give time. We give money. We give effort. But we also give things like bread and blankets and sh- uh, shelter. Um, we also give things like grace and mercy and patience to others. We also give our lives for the lives of others so that they might know God. We lay down what we desire so that others might know God and that God might become famous for His abundance in this world through His people. One of our goals and one of our aims as followers of Christ should be that we are so giving that our giving and in our giving that it points to Jesus in all things. That, the, that those who know us can't help but take notice. Yeah, I see God providing and yet I see them giving over and over and yet they don't ever run out even in the midst of their giving. Our hearts and our lives get to be awakened to our own aliveness in Christ. Jesus did die, but He didn't stay dead. He is alive, but... In life, his giving his life, he was uh, he was given life again, rising again from the dead for now and forevermore. And he is inviting us to live in his life. He's inviting us to live into his righteousness, into his aliveness, into his love and his grace and his abundance. If we are alive. We are never more alive than, we, than when we live into the aliveness of Jesus. Alive things have action. They have breath. They're not stale. God is alive and we can see this best in the life of Jesus. Jesus' death on the cross forgiveness of, uh, forgave our sins and cleanses us from all righteousness. But it also does more than that. It gives us a way. A way that we die to ourselves like Jesus died to himself. Because as we give, we get more in return. And we get more in abundance. We get more Jesus. We get his life, his grace, and his way. I was thinking about this this week when somebody used to say in church, give your life to Jesus. It always scared me because I thought I'd have to do something crazy. But the more I give my life to Jesus over and over, the more I can see that it's a good thing to just give it all. 
that we might sell everything that we have and follow Jesus. And as we show our thanks for Jesus, we are showing our dependence and our utter need for him. Dependence for the life that we desire to live. The life that we desire to live is not our live, our life, but Christ's life in and through us. And we can be confident that God will continue to provide for us with his, with his ways of following Jesus. And in this psalm, we see further reasons to worship as well. There, there, there is a series of affirmations about God's character in this prayer. If we don't know who God is, then we get to pay attention to this organized prayer. We get to pay attention to the attributes of God that show us His character, what God is like. It says in this, this psalm that He is gracious and He is merciful. He is slow to anger, which seems to be the opposite of many of the ways that I think uh, about him at times. And it's certainly opposite than the way I act at times and the way our world depicts him. He is not sitting there waiting for us to mess up as we are tempted to believe. He is slow to anger. He is slow to anger and that's who he is. And he's also abounding in his steadfast love, which means he never gives up. His love is unrelenting. He's constantly pursuing us, constantly desiring us to be there with Him. He is good to all. Those who love Him and those who don't love Him, He is good to all and He is compassionate as well. These are the aspects of God's character and these aspects are praiseworthy and praise-inciting in our lives and when we see them, we worship. That is one reason why we get to pay attention to the work of God. So that we might see them and in seeing them, we can't help but give praise to God because God is so great and Jesus is amazing and the Holy Spirit is such a comfort that we can't help but worship and praise this triune God of the universe. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And as we see God's character, we see Jesus' character as well since Jesus is God right we can we can also see the works of the Holy Spirit trying to work their ways deeper and deeper into our life and when we see God's character we are seeing who we get to be as well and how we get to live we get to give grace and we get to give mercy we get to be slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love we get to show goodness and show compassion to others And when we display these gifts of God to anyone, when we give away what we've been so freely given, we are displaying the character of God to others. We are showing others Jesus in and through our lives. When we exercise these characteristics of God to the work and the acts of freedom and liberation to the oppressed, especially to the poor and the weak and the forgotten that are in our midst, we are showing the heart of God our Father to a broken and dying world. And if we do that, there are going to be more who want that. And in those of us who have needs, in those of us who are sick that need a healer, God shows up and He continues to heal and continues to give. But even like there's acts here and like the one in verse 20 is said, but all the wicked he will destroy. And that shows us that God doesn't want wickedness to continue. All the wickedness that we see in this world, we can praise him because he doesn't want it either. And we know that we can pray that it ends. He wants those who are greedy to become givers. He doesn't want the greediness to continue. 
He wants those who hoard to feel free and to not worry about where their next is coming from. And he wants those who are selfish to become selfless givers, that they can just give away what they have. He wants to destroy this wickedness in the world. And he wants to give his abundance and invite us to live out of that abundance. And we get to start with destroying these acts within ourselves. In our own hearts, as we learn to follow Jesus, um, uh, this is not uh, this verse when when it says this in verse twenty. It's not like we get to praise God that He will destroy all the wicked. Like, go God, get all those dirty, wicked, selfish hoarders. Like, do your acts with them. This is praise that Jesus might destroy those actions in us, that He might come and root out this wickedness. <clears throat> And not just in the world, but in ourselves. And we don't have to worry about how Jesus is going to do that in everyone else. We can worry about how, or we can just pay attention to how Jesus is doing that in our own soul. As we seek to follow Christ in all things. Arthur Weiser, one of my other favorite commentators. He reminds us. Through the mighty wondrous deeds, though the mighty wondrous deeds of God are the terrible acts of his judgment manifest the sovereignty of his power. The true greatness of God lies in the tenderness and intimacy of compassion, which the divine father loves his creatures with. God is powerful. Amen. God is powerful enough to let the sun rise and set day in and day out. He's powerful enough to give us a breath in the beating of our heart. He's also powerful enough to change our lives and our hearts, to live for Him. He is that good. And although His power and judgment are real, so are the changes that He invites us into. And we get to live out of them. When we live into God's abundance of His character, when we live into the life of Christ, when we um, fully follow the Holy Spirit's voice in our lives, when we live a life where greed is inappropriate, where hoarding is inappropriate, amongst all this abundance that God has given us, this is a good thing and may we continue to get there. When we call on the name of God, when we say, I will extol you, my God and King, bless your name forever and ever, we are asking for God's presence. And in God's presence, we can't help but be changed. God's presence in Christ brings his attributes to life in us. And as we recognize and live into these attributes, we find that our life is more fulfilling. That it is truly more blessed to give than receive. And when we are in Christ, fully surrounded, hidden in him, in our lives, we might feel most complete. I pray that we may live this way. I pray that we may organize our worship, that we don't always have to feel like we need to conjure it up or do it spontaneously, that we will be intentional and attentive to the acts of Jesus in our lives, not just the big and glorious things, but the small things as well, that in that God might overwhelm us with his goodness and his grace to the point where we can't help but live changed lives for him, that he is our all in all. And in this, it would happen in such a way 
that our lives are changed, where it can only point to the goodness of God and it can bring Him fame. Not infamy, but fame. And that we can display the character of God and then we can teach it to our children. And we can live it out before them. And that they can teach it to theirs and so on and so on until Jesus comes back. This is my prayer for us. That we live out of the abundance that God has for us. That we learn to give away what He so freely gave us. So Jesus, will you please provide this in our hearts and our lives. May we come and join in the prayer of Psalm 145 and extol you and bless your name forever and ever so that we might live out of your abundance and not out of our own um, lacking. In Jesus' name, amen.